This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Coming up this hour, the latest from WBEZ's Curious City. They answered a listener question about how Indian Boundary Park on the city's north side got its name. But first, open enrollment for Medicare. It's coming to an end. Seniors across the country have until this Thursday, December 7th, to sign up for a new health care plan or stick with the plan they've got. Now, making a selection isn't a breeze. For one, you have to choose between different kinds of Medicare, and then you potentially have dozens of plans to choose from. So Mary Mitchell, who's an editorial board member and columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, is here. She wrote about this and talked about choosing her Medicare health plan in her column, Starting Over. It's geared towards seniors. Hey, Mary, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. Also with us is Trisha Newman, Senior Vice President of the Health Research Organization, KFF. She is Executive Director of KFF's Program on Medicare Policy. Thanks for taking the time to join us, Trisha. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Mary, this uh, open enrollment period, it happens every year, right? It does. As I mentioned, each year folks have the choice to change their plan or stick with what they've got. So what do you think are the benefits of having that choice every year? Well, first of all, no one can um, see the future. So you don't know whether the plan that you chose last year is suitable for this year. Maybe you had some new health concerns. Uh, Maybe you are going through some special uh, uh, pharmacy needs. There are other things that might have happened to you in a year's time. So I think it's very good that you have an opportunity, just like if you were still employed every year, to change the plan if you'd like to change the plan. Yeah, and I think, Tricia, it's, it's immediately clear why folks might need to, to, to make some changes year after year, but why do you think someone might decide to stay with their current plan? Are, are there pros or cons to that? Well, people often like to stay with what they know. We've, we've talked to people who say, well, I'm not sure the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. My sense is that people don't have a lot of confidence in their ability to choose because the choices are a little bit bewildering. There are so many plans that are available in every city across the country that um, people find the process pretty difficult. And so even though, as Mary said, there are real benefits to making a change, many people just stick with what they have because it's familiar. Mm -hmm. And that may or may not be the best option. So as we said, seniors need to make a a selection by Thursday. But if there's a problem with the plan, people do have the option to make changes starting in January. Was that reassuring, Mary? Well, it's confusing. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, can you really make make a, a decision? If you could make a decision between October and December, are you going to be able to make a decision in January? I mean, it's. But it's a safe, I think it's a safeguard, though. Mm. And we need to have it because I, anything, like I say, you can't predict the future. You may be in poor health when it comes to enrollment, period. You know, or your caregiver may not uh, be available. Or your children may live in a different part of the country and they are not there to help you. So I think it's very good that you're able to, you know, make that change. And yeah. I think there are some benefits. Yeah, the assumption is that you have all the information that you need to make right. that change in January. Correct. Right? Uh, Trisha, what should people know about the process of changing their Medicare plan? 
Well, l- let me just say that most people make the change during the open enrollment period, which is you say ends um, in two days from not just two days That's from right. now. Right. And the process of changing is pretty straightforward because when someone signs up for a new plan, they essentially are dropped from their old plan and they're not paying paying for coverage under their old plan. But the decision making, the things to take into account are, um, that's what's really complicated. And I would say some of the most important questions are, you know, one, what type of, what type of coverage does someone want? Does someone want to be in the traditional Medicare program or do they want to be in one of the many Medicare Advantage plans that are offered? And that in and of itself is a pretty complicated question. Mm -hmm. And you know, then there's sort of, you know, follow-up questions. It's almost like a decision tree. If you want to be in a Medicare Advantage plan, then you might want to think about, well, are my providers, are my doctors and hospitals and specialists covered under the network? What are the cost-sharing requirements? Um, what do I know about the prescription drug coverage under these plans? So that's a set of questions you might ask if you're in, interested in Medicare Advantage. If instead... Uh, you prefer traditional Medicare, maybe because you want to be able to choose any doctor, any hospital, anywhere in the country if you get really sick. Then there's a question about supplemental coverage. Uh, can you buy a Medigap policy? Do you want to buy a Medigap policy? And there are many people in this country who do have supplemental coverage either through Medicaid for people who have low incomes or an employer or a union plan, mm-hmm. or they purchase a supplemental policy on their own, and that's also uh, a complicating factor because it, you know, it's a question about how does supplemental coverage work with with Medicare and decisions about Medicare. Right. Yeah, we're going to talk some more about the the different plans, but I'm glad you brought us to the, the just the different kinds of Medicare to begin with. As you call <laughs> you call one traditional, you know, we'll call it original or traditional Medicare, and then there's Medicare Advantage, as you laid out. My understanding as well, Tricia, is that Advantage is offered through private insurance companies. That's correct. Can you explain that for us and just walk us through any other differences between the two that you haven't mentioned yet? Okay, so the so. Original or traditional Medicare is, I think, what most people have thought about is that's what Medicare looks like. It's an it's the national program. People pay payroll taxes throughout their lives, so they get Medicare, and they get broad access to kind of any doctor, any hospital that takes Medicare, which is virtually all. Medicare Advantage is um, has grown substantially since I've been watching Medicare, and now. Roughly half of all people on Medicare are in a Medicare HMO or PPO. So what these are 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 plans offered by private insurance companies that provide Medicare-covered benefits and additional benefits. And I think people are hearing a lot about Medicare Advantage because there's so much marketing that is taking place with these products. There's a lot of advertising on TV, on social media, on the radio, there's seminars. And so Medicare Advantage has become much more part of the fabric of Medicare than it ever used to be. Mary, tell us about what happened when you turned 65. So when I turned 65, of course, they chase you down and they send you a uh, Medicare card. And that card is free. I mean, if you've worked for 10 years, 
and you have uh, paid into the system, you get that card and you can go to the doctor. So were you immediately enrolled in Medicare? I was immediately enrolled. They sent me a card and I was like, look, you know, this is this is great. And I had two insurances then. I had the Medicare insurance. And since I hadn't retired from my uh, work from the workforce, uh, I had the option of, of still keeping my other insurance. But 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 the thing about Medicare, the original and Medicare supplement that really uh, bothers me is that there is so much mm-hmm. advertising around it mm-hmm. and that it's like walking into a big box store with all those choices. And then you're trying to figure out what's the best choice for you. Yeah. Uh, so now this is 10 years later, I'm going to be 75 and it's a lot more stressful for me because now there are other conditions I didn't have when I was 65. Mm-hmm. So I got to be careful about what kind of uh, drug plan is available. And you're asking people, seniors, to not only choose and, and navigate the system, but also navigate a drug plan. And which mm-hmm. is the best, is your is your drug covered? And how do they know what they're going to be taking even in the next couple of months? So it is. it can be very overwhelming. In terms of it being overwhelming, the average Medicare beneficiary has a choice of 43 Medicare Advantage plans. That's in addition to traditional Medicare. Wow, that's a lot. And they vary by so many factors. They do. Uh, we had a gentleman who is no longer on the line, Jay in Wicker Park, uh, had a comment saying that he was sticking with his current plan because changing plans might require changing providers, and uh, a therapist was really hard to find. Right, mm-hmm. the, and those are things you have to consider. And you know, one of the one of the the challenges here is people often make these decisions when they first go on Medicare. They do a lot of research. They look into the benefits, the providers, the extra benefits, premiums, and then they tend to sort of say, all right, well, it, it, it's working well enough. I'll stick with it. But as Mary was saying earlier, over the years, people's health conditions change, their needs change, and the plans change. Mm-hmm. And so there may be opportunities to lower costs I mean, I can tell you that when I helped my mom look for drug plans, I she didn't really want to change plans because it was too much trouble. And I said, come on, let me do it for you. It's what I do. Yeah. And um, I saved her $2,000. Trust me, Just, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me, mom. But, you know, I mean, I happen to work in the Medicare field, so I was happy to do that for her. But if I hadn't, she would have spent an extra $2,000 and not a lot of people have $2,000 to throw away. Right. right. And trust is the issue. I mean, when you really get down to the bottom of this thing, it is trust. Uh, trust I in who? Trust in the provider, okay? Uh, I, I work from home mostly, and my husband works from home. And our phones was ringing all day long. We got maybe 10, 12, a dozen calls a day from different plans. And, mm. and, and, that was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then, then you get to the point of wondering, is it a scam? Uh, some of the people, you barely understood what they were trying to say to you. Yeah. And how did they get my number and why are you repeatedly calling me? So I think it's a matter of trust. Seniors are having a difficult time finding a trusted source, somebody that they can believe in right. that's not trying to take advantage of them to sell them something. And we'll talk more about that later in the program. Let's jump to the phones where Esther's waiting from Evanston. Hey, Esther. Welcome to Reset. Hi there. Hi. 
I am still on the line, and I have heard, yes, the idea about the. I am currently on an Advantage plan, which uh, I, this is my second year, and I want to get out of it um, for reasons. If you want, I'll tell you, but it's it's not really um, that and you know big a deal. Uh, but I was told I just went to a high school reunion, and uh, one of the people I, in my high school class uh, is a an agent to sell insurance for Medicare policies. And he said to me, he's in Ohio, so I can't use him. That I w- that there I would have to prove my insurability in order to transfer to regular Medicare from Medicare Advantage. And the other thing I want to know about Medicare Advantage is do they have to follow the same rules that Medicare applies? So if I have certain benefits under Medicare, do I have the same benefits if I stay with Medicare Advantage? Um, okay. Well, let's let's get some answers to your questions there, Esther. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, Trisha? Yeah. Okay, Esther, that, that's a good – you raised a good issue. And you can always go back – well, actually, you have two days now to go back to traditional Medicare. The question is whether or not you can buy a Medicare supplement, sometimes called Medigap, because in most states, uh, including Illinois, there are no guarantee issue protections. And what that means is it's possible that a Medigap insurer would either deny you coverage or charge you more if you have a pre-existing condition. The good news is you can call today and tomorrow and Thursday and find out if you can buy a Medigap policy um, or whether or not it would be a problem if you do have a pre-existing condition. So you have time to look into that. Um, The second question was Medicare Advantage plans do have to provide all Medicare covered services, but they typically use uh, more cost management tools like prior authorization which can create sort of uh, time delays or maybe even denials um, as a way for them to manage uh, maybe what they would call excess utilization and costs. So they do have to uh, provide the same benefits, but there may be barriers to care because they operate somewhat differently. You chose Medicare Advantage, right, Mary? I went to my primary physician that I've been going to for about 20 years, and I asked him what did he have because we were around the same age. And he gave me a name of the plan, and he said, if you choose this plan, you'll never have to pay a dollar out of your pocket. I chose that plan. So I was, you know, fortunate, but it's very expensive. He had a very uh, a costly plan, and, and, and that's the other problem. You know, sometimes the lower-cost plan is not the best plan for you. I That's was, a great point. Yeah, and I was afraid that if I got a lower ca- uh, cost plan that and something happened, uh, then I would be disappointed and I would not get the benefits that I thought I would get. We're dying to know the difference between <laughs> Medigap and a Medicare supplement plan. I'll start with that. No difference. How about that? So they're Sometimes the same. They're the same. Medicare but supplemental insurance. It's confusing, but many people on Medicare decide to buy a Medicare supplement, which is sometimes called Medigap, to help with the deductibles and cost sharing. The real benefit of Medigap 
is it allows people to budget because they get the benefits for for whatever the premium is each month. And the plans are standardized, which makes it really easy to compare plans across companies. So Medigap really helps to make Medicare more affordable and helps people budget for their expenses. Mm -hmm. It is a supplement. Something else I want to make sure we talk about are penalties, Tricia. Uh, Mm -hmm. People 65 and older who are eligible for Medicare and can get penalized for not Mm -hmm. enrolling. So what are the criteria that seniors need in order to be eligible? Uh, To be eligible for Medicare, seniors need to be 65 years old. They need to have worked 40 quarters, which is 10 years, where their spouse has to have worked 40 quarters. And they need to be a citizen or permanent legal resident. Okay, that's how they're eligible. When you turn 65... You can choose to, you're automatically entitled to Part A of Medicare, but there's an option to sign up for Part B and the drug plan. But really, it's not that, I mean, it's optional, but there is a penalty for delayed enrollment unless the person has, is still covered by an employer plan. So that's when they can decline enrollment. You can decline enrollment in Part B and Part D. You just you you simply continue to work, and then when you're ready to sign up, you say, "I'm ready to sign up for Medicare Part B, and I'm ready to sign up for a drug plan." And here's evidence that I was working, and so I won't be I won't be subject to a penalty for later enrollment because I had coverage under an employer plan. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to something you brought up earlier, uh, Mary, is the fact that. People are learning the hard way, kind of, when it comes to <laughs> Medicare coverage, right? They're getting they're getting bombarded with ads, phone calls, mail. You talked about you and your husband just getting a dozen phone calls in a day. It, it became a big joke. It was like, don't answer that. <laughs> we knew when we saw that eight eight eight. We knew that <laughs> you saw the triple eight number and right. you knew run. And I knew, right. You knew it was time to run. Uh, let's hear from a caller who I think is dealing with the same thing. Here's Dulcie from Oakbrook Terrace. Hey, welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you for having me on. Sure. Uh, I, yes, feel the same way. And I also don't like getting all the literature in the mail that comes. And I'm wondering, you know, how how is it that Medicare has provided my personal information to all these marketers? I, I don't like that idea. And I try to reduce the amount of mail I get. So um, I'm finding that annoying. And I also wanted to mention that I agree that uh, having a Medicare, a traditional Medicare plan, does allow um, me to know what my costs are going to be. I know what my monthly premium is, and I know that after I meet my deductible, which is less than $300, that everything is going to be paid for without any additional out-of-pocket. So I see that as a real advantage. Not an advantage plan. (laughs) Yes, right. Thanks for calling, Dulcie. Good, good question. What do you think, Tricia? Well, I think this marketing thing is really tough on people. We just did a study looking at sort of the intensity of marketing on television, not even touching on the phone calls and the all the paper that that come like an avalanche in the mail. Mm-hmm. And I get how f- really frustrating it is. A lot of times um, insurers or brokers can purchase lists of people and so it's not necessarily coming just from it's coming from Medicare. Right. 
when you see ads on TV that say, call this number, call 1-800-MEDICARE, when it's not, not 1-800-MEDICARE, that's actually the official hotline that you might want to call. But call the Medicare hotline, and it's operated by a brokering agency or a marketing agency. Mm-hmm. They take down information, and they sell that information to other brokers and other insurers, which which is, is then used to... Uh, market pretty aggressively to people, and, and sometimes think, they're spreading misinformation. Yeah, right? so, I mean, I, 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 there's a real concern about misinformation that is coming. I know that uh, the government is trying to crack down on ag- aggressive marketing practices and misleading information, but it's pretty hard for people to figure out what's real and what's misleading. When you see a Medicare card on a TV screen and it says call this me- call this Medicare hotline, you might think that's the real Medicare hotline operated by the federal government when it's not. And when you call that number, you're basically giving your information to a marketer that's going to sell that information to right. others. So that's really problematic. There I, I think are- it's also I think it's also Tricia, I think it's also problematic that when you have celebrities who are pushing these plans, whether they're uh, call them Medigap or supplement, they're pushing these plans and they're making it seem like they're legitimate spoke, uh, sp- spokespersons yeah. for uh, Medicare, and they are not. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who are just really overwhelmed by the phone calls and by the TV and by the radio ads and all of that, and they just... Forget it. They're not even trying to figure out what's the best plan for themselves. They'll just stay with whatever they have. Mm. It's really hard. And a lot of research has shown that these insurance companies make a a fair amount of money by enrolling people in their products. So it's a very profitable business compared to other health insurance products. So it makes sense that they are marketing aggressively because each enrollee is, is... bringing in more revenue for them. But for the enrollee, they're just important decisions to make about whether it's the best option. I do want to say that in every state, there is something called the State Health Insurance Assistance and Counseling Program. It's called a SHIP. Right. And these are sort of independent. They're not affiliated with um, any insurance company or broker. And they are available for free to provide help for people who are trying to figure out the right thing to do. And so, you know, even now there's time to call the ship in Illinois. And I'm sorry, I don't have the number handy uh, because that is a great way to get your questions answered. Or you could just call 1-800-MEDICARE and say, what's what's the number of my local ship? Mm-hmm. So So you can try to figure out Maybe they can they can help answer questions and help you drill down on these difficult decisions. Yeah. Why do you think people scam seniors in this way in the first place, Mary? Uh, because they they uh, understand that a lot of seniors, not all, but a lot of seniors are lonely. Uh, they don't have anyone to talk to. So when the phone rings and someone engages them in conversation, they are eager to talk. Uh, they can be sometimes some seniors can be uh, very trusting of 
of what someone is telling them as opposed to thinking of thinking through it themselves. And some of them just do not have someone to help them. Yeah. I, my mother, for instance, uh, all of her life uh, struggled to read. Uh, she was born in the South. Uh, she wasn't highly educated. I think she had a third grade education. And so she needed someone there uh, as she aged mm-hmm. to do these things for her. And she let, She's blessed because she had 10 children and there was always somebody there to help her do these things. Right. But there are a lot of people who don't have that assistance. They don't have family members. And so they turn to these strangers and these strangers rip them off. Yeah. And so a lot of this, as we've talked about with the dozens and dozens of plans and, and just different iterations of, of Medicare, it's overwhelming. It is. How do you want to see it simplified? Well, I don't think you need 43 plans. Supplement plans. You don't? I don't think you do. I mean, it's just like going, like I said, going to the store trying to find something. You got a thousand choices and you run out of there frustrated. Uh, that's number one. And number two, I just think that it's important to get the information out, like ship the information so that you can you can go to some place right. where people are not going to make a profit off of this thing. They're there to help you. That's their job is to yeah. help you not to get a commission. That, I think, is important. And we have that number for SHIP uh, in Illinois. It's 800-252-8966. Again, that's 800-252-8966. Tricia, leave us with tips for uh, not just seniors, but caretakers navigating Medicare for their loved ones. Happy to do that. Um, um, You know, this is an important decision. So I think the first question is, when you think about your health and coverage, what is most important to you? Is it to save as much money as I can? Is it to be able to go to the best provider, best doctors that I can find if I get really sick? Because the answers to those questions are going to help frame the decision. There's also a question of, am I entitled to other benefits like Medicaid like retiree health benefits, because that also might affect the decision. And then once that decision is made, and whether you're choosing among the drug plans, we haven't even talked much about drug plans that people with traditional or original Medicare buy. Um, It's just unfortunate that you need to kind of do the work that is required in, in order to get the best value for your money. With the drug plans, there is the Medicare drug finder, plan finder mm-hmm. on Medicare.gov. And if you enter in the name of your drug, the dose level, your preferred pharmacy, you can see all the plans in your area and what you would pay for your prescriptions. And that's, you know, it's helpful. You might take, you know, start taking a new drug or drop a drug over the course of the next year. Right. But it gives you some information. Yeah, there there are so many pieces to this puzzle that we didn't get to, but I, I'm, I'm glad we got to as much as we did and, and we're able to take some of your calls as well. We've been speaking with Trisha Newman, who's executive director of KFF's program on Medicare policy, and Mary Mitchell, a columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you so much for providing clarity around <laughs> Thank that. You.